So if you're not involved in Lincoln, 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 I'm talking like my son who talks about Canadians. <laughs> this is the small business podcast that is sweeter than all the rest. Marketing, media, and cupcakes. Welcome to episode 10. Episode 10, hooray! People said we would never make it to episode 10, and here we are, episode 10 of Marketing, Media, and Cupcakes. Ding, 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 ding. I am John Ando, and I'm joined, of course, by my lovely wife, Angel. Hi there. And, you know, what you remind me of when you do that is the, uh, what was it, Yoki or whatever her name was on, on Deadpool 2. It was Yokio. Yeah, something like that. Hi, Wade. Yeah. Hi, Wade. He's in it. Now, one thing you have to understand, besides the fact that Angel has a small uh, business, uh, she makes cupcakes, and she has a regular full-time job in customer service, and I have my own business for media production, um, is that we're also, when we don't have work going on and doing podcasts and such, we are typically watching Netflix and uh, watching comedians like John Mulvaney and uh, Ryan Hamilton Kathleen Madigan. And we get to see Kathleen Madigan in September here. She's coming to town, and we are so excited to see Kathleen. So we're huge. And, of course, Deadpool and Deadpool 2, Mm. which it's R-rated. Don't go see it if you're under 18. But But it's fabulous. See it anyway. It's hard hard not to just say that's just really funny. It's just good stuff. Maybe someday when we hit, like, episode, like, 10,000, maybe... uh, Ryan Hamilton. Not Ryan Hamilton. Wrong one. Yeah, the other guy. Ryan uh, Reynolds. Reynolds, there Ryan, we go. Ryan, Ryan Reynolds. Dear God, <laughs> it's been it's been a long week for us. So today we have on episode ten a very special guest coming to us from the East Coast, New York, New Jersey. Uh, David Tash, who is uh, an entrepreneur, he is a host of a podcast, and uh, he's got a great story because he um, now works with recruiting folks with LinkedIn. But before that, he uh, began, uh, he was working in bars and doing bouncing and that kind of stuff. Bouncing, I say that, is security. <laughs> and uh, he started his own business, and he took that business and made it skyrocket. And so we want to welcome today to Marketing Me and Cupcakes from the big NYC, David Tash. How are you doing, David? Uh, I'm doing fantastic. Thank you for having me on. Well, I'll let you explain. Tell me what you do now with LinkedIn. Awesome. Yeah, so... We work with recruiters and we help them get more client leads and candidate leads using LinkedIn. Um, we, we have an omnipresent strategy and LinkedIn is the anchor to it, making sure that we connect with the right decision makers, building an audience, putting a content ecosystem around it, and then using something called the pixel to retarget that audience when they go to other, other social media channels like LinkedIn and Twitter, as you mentioned. Cool. So Facebook and Twitter. I want to I want to unravel that a little in a few minutes, but let's kind of get get your your story. Now, I, I I actually was looking at your LinkedIn, and we we talked a little bit before the interview. But it, did I get this right? Were you an arena football player <laughs> for a short for a short time? Yeah. What was uh, that like? It was actually pretty cool. Um, right after college, I played football in college, and um, aspirations for the NFL didn't quite make it, but I had opportunity to play arena ball. And they put you up in a hotel. They pay for everything. And, you know, it's the first time I got paid to play the, the game that I love. For, so for two years, um, you know, I just kind of traveled around the country playing arena ball. And it was, it was a blast. We had in Columbus where we're at. We we just got a uh, we had a team and we got a team back now. But all I know about arena football is just people slamming into uh, barricades. <laughs> I mean, is that all there is to arena football? I mean, that looks like it's it's worse than hockey. It's high pace, it's high energy, and it's really a fanfare because you really get to interact with the players, um, you get to really have a good time, 
the NFL, of course, is is majestic. It's beautiful, but on the arena level, it's almost like um, you know, you, you, like the the players there are playing for fun. They're not it's making street ball money. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it's a lot of interaction with the fans. Well, tell me, uh, David, you went from from that to uh, starting your own business with with your uh, with your uh, uh, executive li- limousine business. Tell me a little bit about uh, how that started and, and kind of the story of how you got to where you are today, because you're 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 involved in a lot now. <laughs> um, really, just truly blessed. Um, I I started up that company. Um, just because like just being aware i was working at a at a nightclub in manhattan and i saw that a lot of the high-end clients were coming in with you know these mercedes s classes and these escalates so I, I saw i said to myself man i can i can get an escalate i can do this and i started up my first company um i, I kind of got hit with the reality of like oh man i kind of have a business <laughs> and i remember just, like, it was just you at the beginning or would you, you and a buddy uh, doing doing this or it was it was just me, and I had a pretty good roster of like guys and nightlife, like security guys that I worked with. And but it was a totally different animal when I tried to get those guys to come in and do the limousine thing. It didn't work at all. It was <laughs> it, it was it was a mess. So what I did was one thing I did was really smart was I bought two vehicles instead of one because I said to myself, I don't want to fall into the trap of just getting comfortable and and just kind of being like a solopreneur type thing. Gotcha. <laughs> so I, it was smart looking back, but it was very tough to pay for like, you know, two car notes, two insurances. You know, I, I took on a lot of expenses, but eventually it did work out. I did was able to find someone to, to kind of do it with me. And then from there, we kind of bought more vehicles and expanded. That's cool. And so you know, I, I, the first thing that came to mind, this was like, I believe you told me like 2010, 2011 when you started the business. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was pre Uber, pre Lyft. What happened when that started really uh, raising its head in the New York area? Because I know that that changed everything there. So it's funny. Um, when Uber first came out, they didn't have Uber X. It was just Uber Black. And I remember like people telling me like, "Oh, this company is going to pay you." They were paying guys like single drivers like ten thousand dollars a month just to be available to take their clients. So it was like the gold rush if you were a you know small business owner or like you have like a one car thing going with Uber like you get paid a lot of money at that time and I kind of saw the right on the wall I'm like oh man they this is going to be big they're going to take over so um I I said you know you know like what's a segment of the of the market that Uber isn't going to touch and at that time, event transportation was getting really big. Um, I knew a guy that was really big in the event transportation space. So I, I kind of like started working with him and then we ended up partnering up. And it was, it, was, it was definitely a very strategic and smart move because two, three years later, Uber took over everything. Hmm. So David, how did, how did you get the marketing out for that? How did you get that service or that word out? that you had these, you know, super awesome ways to get people from point A to point B? <laughs> well, at first it was, it was word of mouth and I used my connections from, um, from nightlife. And, um, I, I remember the first piece of marketing I did, I didn't even realize it was marketing was I had like this text message app where I would just send a mass text out and, um, I would get a couple of replies like, okay, got it. Stop bothering me. But then I would get a couple of people like, Hey, yeah, actually, you know, like, thanks for reminding me. And then, 
it'll turn into like a two thousand dollar gig or something like that. What, was know? it? Were these just people you knew or people you had in your phone that you were texting? Or yeah, these are people I had in my phone. But then when I'm you know I'm on the road, I'm driving, I'm working. So what I would do is I would start to listen to audiobooks on marketing. Nice. So whenever whenever I have downtime, which you have a lot of, I just started listening to these books and I learned about like email marketing, like collecting the emails of of my clients. And then I learned about affiliate marketing and that actually exploded my company at the time working with affiliates because I didn't realize that, hey, if I'm taking client X to the airport, this client is used to using car service. When he gets to his destination or her destination, they're most likely going to need another car to take them to you know, the new city that they're in. Hmm. Exactly. So that opened up the business where I started getting a, a piece of that business, but then the company that I made an affiliate with, I made a connection with, they started referring their clients to me. And literally it took, I think my first year we did around like close to $200,000 of business. The wow. very next year we did about 970000 Uh One of the things I know that I can't help, but it's like networking is such a, a important tool. And if you can't uh, think in terms of, you know, get outside your wall and think, you know, not be like, uh, I'm protecting my business, but saying, how can I open my business up and help other businesses? Uh, it seems like that help, helps tenfold your business when you reach out to other businesses and say, hey, how can my business help your business? A- absolutely. I mean, never be shy, never be ashamed to like ask for help or ask questions. I mean, I feel like I would have not have gotten to where I am today and where I'm going to be without the help of others. Like right now I have two, I have two mentors and I have a mentee. And this is something my mentor told me is always keep two mentors and try to mentor two people yourself because you're going to reiterate the information that you're learning from your mentor to your mentee. Hmm. Um, Of course, like back then, 2011, 2012, I didn't know that, but I'm here just listening to audiobooks and trying to make things happen. Well, I mean, and I, I'm the, I'm the same way. I, I, I'm one of the few filmmakers who hates reading uh, people. I, I read, I get together with other filmmakers. Hey, have you read this book? And I'm like, no, I listen to audible. I just, I have no attention span <laughs> to sit and read a book, but I love audible and I love podcasts. Uh, they've been, been great. Well, David, tell me about you. You, 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 you kind of beat the Lyft Uber threat and, and you're, <laughs> the, 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 the business gets successful but you actually ended up kind of working yourself, at least out of the, the hands-on job, it sounded like a little bit. Yeah. So, um, again, didn't beat Uber, survived Uber, right? Okay. <laughs> Definitely didn't beat them. But we, we found a segment of the market that they, don't, that they don't touch or they're not like, you know, they're not really um, equipped to handle. And we made that our priority. And it's actually one of the, the biggest revenue streams for our business. So, um you know, because of that, and it requires like a lot of logistics and a lot of planning. So because of that, we making that our focus, um, I was able to like bring in people with my partner that specialize in that area. And it was, it, it was more so my partner, like I would be doing something, I would develop a system for this part of the business. My partner will let, okay, let's find someone to run this, this side. So we did that like three, like two or three times. And then we did it like so well that we we looked at each other and was like, oh man, there's really not that much left for us to do. <laughs> you know? That sounds tragic. When like, and he's 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 about he's about ten years older than I am. So for him, it was like, okay, well, I'm gonna you know I'm gonna work really hard when I need to work hard, 
but this this free time I'm going to spend it with my family and my kids. For me at the time, I think I was like 29. Mm-hmm. So it was like, well, <laughs> what am I going to do? <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, right. So I'm like, you know, you put so much time and energy, you know, I'm used to working 80, 90 hours a week in the business because I love it. And that's what I did. So now it's like, let me make some phone calls and try to hang out with friends that I haven't, you know, spoken to in a while. Like, hey, let's go party. And they're like, I know we have life now. Life hit us now, you know? Yeah. Well, and somewhere along the line, was this when you began to to understand uh, the power of LinkedIn with when you were doing the, the, the executive ride business there? Yeah, so it's funny because I actually, I actually, we actually made a quarter million dollars off of a LinkedIn post. Wow! Back back then, like, what, what was was there a secret, or did you just was it a lucky no. day, or how did it work? We we actually, um, I was talking about. I told a story about um, about one event that we were doing, and um, I just kind of detailed the story of how. Like just kind of playing ahead really saved our butts because you know, um, like if we didn't, we the event would have been a big failure. And um, the right person saw that and then private messaged me and told me that they had an event coming up um, in a couple of months. You know, can they use utilize our services? And you know, you're like, oh sure. You know, you didn't really think I didn't think anything would come of it. And then turns out it was like one of the biggest like jewelry brands in in America in the world actually this person was representing and it turned out to be a quarter million dollar event for us. Wow. You, you just never know sometimes. Uh, it, the, the thing with LinkedIn that I, I know, and I, like I say, I love LinkedIn, but I know I have for a long time treated it like uh, the, the, the responsible Facebook. It, I, I, you know, you post things on it. Here's what I'm doing. Update the resume. If I get an award, I make sure it's on there and, and do the businessy kind of stuff. It's just to me, I think most people think of it as, a, as an adult uh, uh, social media outlet. Yeah. Uh, but, but there is, I'm learning more and more. It's expensive, but there's a real, um, I don't want to use the word funnel since we're using it on all the time on social media, but there is a real way to capture business through LinkedIn. So can you explain that a little bit to us, especially with the, the small business mindset that, well, you have it and, and Angel and I have it with our small businesses. First, there, you don't have to go the paid route with LinkedIn to, for it to be effective. Um, LinkedIn has a huge organic play right now. Um, if you look at like stats show us that out of all, like most of the, most of the content on LinkedIn comes from only about 5% of the, of the actual registered members so what that means is that linkedin is going to push out whatever content you're putting to your audience to your connections and that's free advertising that's free publicity and like you you mentioned this that a lot of people when they think of linkedin they think of it as the you know like the mature facebook well linkedin is is going through huge strides and efforts to become more social Yes, it is business. Yes, it is professional. But that doesn't mean you can't show your personal side. That doesn't mean you can't talk about things that's going on in your life and share. That's what they want because that type of content, the storytelling, that's what people find as to be engaging. And we all know in business, people don't buy products. They buy people, right? They, they oh, yeah. buy who they trust, who they feel comfortable with. So the more personable, the more you share, the more you tell, the more you... um you educate on LinkedIn, like it's like paying it for it. It's going to come back to you tenfold, twentyfold. 
I mean, so, one post I did brought in a quarter million dollars of business, and that was like unexpected. We didn't plan for it. And after that, we said, hey, there's something here. We need to be invested into learning this thing and figuring it out. So, David, I have this small gig I do on the side, this cupcake business that I have a full-time job, and I do this kind of, you know, <clears throat> as a thing in the last year or so, made it official, if you will. And I guess Congratulations. I'm trying to, Well, thank you. And it's uh, all from John's um, politeful prodding, if you will. That's a good way to put it. Uh, you can do this and this can be real and all that fun stuff. But how could something like mine, because, you know, I do, again, it's on the side. How could LinkedIn actually help me make it be at one point whenever I'm ready to make How it? How can she full? get a $250,000 gig with <laughs> yeah. cupcakes? That's what I want to know. That's what he wants to know. So. Uh, awesome. Um, so it sounds like that's, that's more of like a business to consumer type yes. of, of product. Yes. But, but, I mean, offices, like office parties, um, you know, they, I'm sure they like cupcakes at the office parties. Um, think about like your, your top, t- like your dream 10 clients. Um, you know, event planners, mm-hmm. um, wedding planners, like wherever oh. someone would buy mass amounts of cupcakes. Sure. Right? Send them out. Like, what about salespeople that want to impress their prospects and maybe they'll send them a cupcake before the sales call? So, okay. fa- like, Facebook is fantastic. Love Facebook. Made a lot of money with Facebook. Can't complain. Thanks, Zuckerberg. Um, but right now, they really limit. Like, whenever you make a post on Facebook, they really limit who sees it. You're going to reach yeah. less than 3% of your audience. Sometimes less than 1%. LinkedIn yeah. is the exact opposite. We'll do a, like, if we're connected with 1,000 people, we'll do a post. Sometimes we'll see 1,900 people saw the post. <laughs> they're not only showing your audience. They're like, Anyone wants to see this, a party on LinkedIn. So hmm. talk about all the useful things that, that, that salespeople, business people can do, you know, with your cupcakes, you know, tied into to business and identify who those companies around you are that, you know, they use a lot of like cupcakes in their celebrations, the office parties, and then to speak to them, reach out to them connect with, you know, the, the planners, the office managers, whoever it is, the decision makers in those companies and let them see your content and, you know, maybe give them like, Hey, listen, we have a special going on where, you know, you buy a hundred cupcakes, you get 10 free or something like that. I am on LinkedIn as my quote unquote, you know, full-time professional high list. That's where I work. And everybody, almost everybody that I'm connected with is is people who I work with. So there's a few extraneous people, but it's more, they used to work there and now they don't anymore. So I guess that's why I was just curious as to how, you know, if I wanted to get involved in doing exactly what you said, start seeking out, you know, event planners and people of those, you know, can I do that with my current page or would you recommend setting up a separate page? I would recommend setting up a a company, a second company page. Um, But the juice is going to be in your personal profile. Okay. So it's almost like, you would you would share the content on your on your company page, okay. But then you would then you would reshare it as on your personal page, and you can even, um, I believe I believe you can even set it up where, like, hey, show this to my first three connections. I I think you can even like make like little pods of your connections. Okay. So that way, it's 
the right type of people. Okay. That's the, the one thing that's impressive about LinkedIn is, um, and, and I've bought with our marketing meeting cupcakes. We've, we are only on Facebook and Instagram. I, I decided not to do Twitter. I, I haven't built anything for LinkedIn yet, but we have bought ads on Instagram. Uh, I, I've only really focused. And, and I'll be honest to sound like Glenn Berry, Glenn Ross, the, the leads are crap. <laughs> I get, I get five or six and I, and I look at each profile. And I would recommend if you are buying ads on Instagram, wherever you're at, look at the lead. You think, Oh, I got five followers. And you look at the followers, they have zero posts and five friends there. I don't know where they're coming from, but that's where, um, a lot of these ads are coming out of robots. Yeah. Ro- yeah. So it's, uh, so, you know, for LinkedIn, you know, y- you can get specific to education, uh, businesses, oh, yeah. location. It's, it's really, and Microsoft owns LinkedIn and it's, um, they, they've done a good job on it. It's like I, when I, when I cruise LinkedIn, I feel like I'm, you know, in a nice, in a nice Mercedes here. It's going to get me to where I want to go. Um, so let, let me get uh, And by the way, we're talking with David Tash, who's host of the executive recruiter network podcast. Uh, he's an entrepreneur. He's a business owner. He's an arena football player. And uh, well, not uh, maybe, probably not anymore. He's a father, and he's uh, and his wife's involved with uh, with his businesses as well. So uh, we're just enjoying the t- chat with him. And one of the questions I went ahead in the, in the minutes we have left, um, since we're a kind of a small business podcast, one of the, the the birth pains of having a small business is you get to the point where you're, and you mentioned it earlier, you're you're kind of you're putting methods in place to do a better business, and you get to that point. That, that top of that hill where you're like, I could either keep it where it's at, which means I'm, I'm going to be maxed out on what I potentially could make, or I could start hiring people. Um, and I know in, in the case of like web designers and, and graphic producers I work with, um, you know, you don't, I don't care where you're at anymore. I can hire somebody to do animation in India to do work for me in other places. So I know this is one of your, uh, your, your skill sets you're good at. Tell us a little bit about, uh, when we're a small business and having a recruiter and, and having somebody who can work LinkedIn, tell me a little bit about what this, this new gem you found that uh, you're, you're helping businesses with. Well, being a small business owner, it is scary to hire someone, right? Yeah. Your first hire, you're not responsible for someone's salary, you know, putting food on the table, their livelihood, that sort of thing. Um, so being able to work with a lot of recruiters, like we do, we, we have a lot of conversations and I always pick their brains and from that, we're able to like strengthen our hiring skills and sharpen our skill set with the hiring aspect of it. So I recommend one for any small business out there that you know you're starting out. You want to make sure that you you're not pull the trigger. Don't be scared to hire, and don't be scared to hire overseas. Right? Mm-hmm. Um, there's there's great resources like um, Filipino Jobs that PH. You can find talented people like master level degree people for a thousand bucks a month us you know maybe even like nine hundred dollars a month us now i mean i i believe that you know the most talented people are always going to be well not always but the most talented people are you know us based people yeah right but if you're if you're just starting out and you need some extra help i think going the the virtual assistant route is fantastic um you know we we allow like well not allow but like all of our team members, um, we don't even we don't call people employees. We call them team members. Right. Um, they're all remote, so we have people in Texas, North Carolina, New Jersey, Florida, so all over all over the country because we don't want to limit ourselves to like area talent. 
know, we, we can find someone that has phenomenal skill sets, you know, in a different part of the country, then um, why not? Tell me a little bit about, you have a, um, a, a free analysis that you do. Tell me a little bit about that. What we found was a lot of people, when they first created a LinkedIn profile, it was five, 10 years ago, right? And LinkedIn <laughs> has changed so much. You want to capitalize on the new social LinkedIn. So we created a free profile assessment that shows you how to attract. If you're a business owner, you want to attract more business. It shows you how to attract more business. If you are looking to advance your career and you want to you know, attract the right type of hiring manager, then we'll sh- then using that same psychology, you can go ahead and do so. You know, um, utilizing the LinkedIn summary, utilizing the the Boolean search and the and the algorithm to really connect you with the right people and and put you in front of the right type of decision makers, the right message. So where do uh, we'll have the links on our podcast? But where can people go if they they're anxious to get on there right now uh, to to get that info? Awesome. You can go to www.taskrizzle.com slash resources. That's www.taskrizzle.com slash resources. And, um, and there's, a, there's a LinkedIn profile assessment. There's a couple other resources there. And enjoy. Take advantage of it. Um, we use it all the time, and we know it works. So you know, anything we can do to help out other small business owners, we're very happy to do so. That's, that's awesome. You know, the, the thing we say on here all the time is, uh, you know, live the dream. Uh, David, tell me real quick as we kind of wrap up here, what, what are you doing? Uh, how, how, is, how is it like living the dream? I always want to encourage people who are sitting maybe in a cubicle somewhere wishing they could get out of their job, start their own job, uh, to encourage them that they should take that risk. Tell me, tell me what, what it's like for you. It's hard. <laughs> that's kind of like it, an honest answer. I'm going to tell you, um, you know, it's the entrepreneurs are only cra- the crazy people that want to leave a 40 hours a week job to work 100 hours for themselves, right, or something like that. But I'll, I'll tell you, it's just like, I guess like it's, it's like raising a child, right? Your business is, at the, at the very beginning, it's, you know, it's very vulnerable. Um, you have to be, be there all the time. But as you get better, as you educate yourself, as you get more experience, it's going to get stronger and stronger and eventually it'll take care of you. I mean, you're not going to get a job that's going to pay you a million dollars a year, but that happens all the time in business. You know, your business mm-hmm. gets to the points where it's seven figures and you know, you can have the, your dream salary. You know, right now I could, I'm available for my family, um, you know, a school meetings. My wife sometimes texts me that she wants to go on a picnic. So I can drop everything and go on a picnic without having my boss yell at me because yep. I am the boss. <laughs> exactly. Well, technically, technically, my wife is still the boss. I don't know how she pulls that off. But. <laughs> the boss told me I need to be at a picnic. I got to go. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but um, it's definitely going to be the hardest thing you ever do in your oh. life, but it's worth it. Absolutely. Uh, we're talking with David Tesh, who's host of Executive Recruiter Network Podcast. He's in the new, greater New York City, uh, New Jersey area. And uh, just a few notes I want to share with everybody that I've taken. And, and if you're a note taker, maybe you've got some of these too. One of the things he mentioned is networking. He's a big networker. And not just networking to other potential clients, but networking with what some people would probably consider competition. Probably not networking as much as being able to create a collaboration. So he was able to offer more to his clients by saying, hey, I've got a, 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 somebody who does the same thing I do in another city that I can connect you with. Whenever we can add that value is always important for a small business. Uh, the other thing he mentioned was methods. He created a methodology 
to his business so that it literally took him out of his business in a sense because uh, his employees did the work. They did a great job. They knew what was expected of him. And uh, and the long-term thing was it made him flexible in uh, being able to do more things with his time to grow more businesses. Don't be afraid to grow. That was another thing we talked about. And hire more staff. Now, I realize for a lot of people that's different. For my situation on Ondo Media, that was one thing I've chosen not to do is hire staff. But if you want to expand your business, if you want to do more, you need to bring on staff. Don't be afraid of doing that, and don't be afraid to considering looking to do that outsourcing through LinkedIn and possibly even to uh, to other places overseas. Now, if you're like me and you're an American and you want to work with Americans, that's great, but it may not be financially possible at first, so don't be afraid to maybe start off using folks from overseas and then working to that eventual goal that you're 100% American. I don't see any issue at that at all. And lastly, David has a free LinkedIn profile assessment that you can do, and that's on his website at toshrizzo.com. That's T-A-S-H-R-I-Z-Z-O.com, and we'll also have all that information and links below. David, this has been awesome. Thank you so much for being with us today on Marketing Media and Cupcakes. Awesome, John. Thanks for having me. And where can I get some of these cupcakes I'm hearing so much about? <laughs> We'd have to ship, figure out how to ship them to New Jersey. I don't know how we would do that. Yeah, that's something I'm looking at. More to think about every day. Well, thanks again for joining us. Uh, please subscribe to our podcast. It means so much to us when you do. That's going to help us grow and continue to do more as we try to serve you and your small business and as we continue to live the dream. Connect with John and Angel via Facebook and Instagram and let us know your thoughts. Marketing Media and Cupcakes is a production of Ondo Media.